0: You know what I'm in the market for? Like, I, I need like a fresh, plain, basic black legging, which I know sounds so lame, but also like it's not because you need to be able to wear it so many different ways. I agree. Did you know
1: that Natalie Aidner, that we know from Newcomers Club, by the way, when we first moved here. Throwback. Throwback is now doing something called Sport Couture. She's essentially doing personal shopping, styling, pop-ups, only for athleisure.
0: I heard about this, and I love that, you know, a couple years ago she told me she wanted to do something different considering she was, like, this incredible, powerful girl on Wall Street. And then she wanted to teach Pilates, and she pivoted. And look at her chasing her dream now.
1: I know. It's so awesome. And she's doing, like, pop-ups around the area. Um, Check her out. You can also book her directly. Like, you can just ask her, you know— I do spin or I do Pilates. What leggings are good? What's not going to fall down? And she'll send you examples. She'll shop for you. She'll do it all so that you don't have to worry about it. And I think she's
0: trying, based on what she told me recently, um, is that she's trying to bring like up and coming brands or new brands or, uh, you know, not just the big box brands to fruition for all of us.
1: Okay. Yeah, because, and I love being able to discover things like that, and ever since Fission closed, she was a, a customer of Fission and a friend of Lisa's, and and those of you that know Fission and Fairhaven, she took over a lot of those brand relationships. So some of those trusted brands that you would, you know, not, don't, don't know where to buy them, buy them from her, it's, and she'll let you try them on and return them, and she's awesome. And so, she's shipping, too. Yeah, she will. She'll ship anywhere, so it doesn't have to be just Now be local. I know
0: I can get my black legging from her.
1: Yeah. So you can check her out at Sport Couture New Jersey. NJ, I'm sorry, on Instagram, or www.sportcouturenj.com. Huge brand crush on Natalie and what she's doing at Sport Couture, and she is Dreamcatchers approved.
0: Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners Marissa Klein Kay and
1: Jamie Klein-Stoser. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy.
0: Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious.
1: On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Word, we will discuss a word, think community, balance, tenacity, etc., in hopes of motivating our audience to incorporate more of that into their lives.
0: Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes.
1: Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers podcast, everyone. Happy Friday. That's what day it is in our world, which I know I try not to say things that are very like time or date or weather associated because you could be listening to this at any point, but it is Friday and it is freezing in New Jersey. So welcome back to the podcast. Excited to be inside. Um, We are here today with a very special guest. I think, yes, actually, we are... Closing in on our 75th episode. This is not our 75th episode, but this is the first time in close to 75 episodes that we have a member of our family on the podcast today. My family. I'm so, so excited to have her here. We've we've been trying to plan this for we just realized close to a full year. Uh, So that's how long sometimes it takes to get things going. But we're so thrilled to have Simone here. We're gonna have her introduce herself in just a second. Wanted to welcome welcome everybody back. Today, we're going to be doing a what's the word, um, which we haven't done in a while. And today's topic is self-belief, which we are thrilled to have Simone here to talk about. It's something that Marissa and I always talk about as well. Um, you know, really digging deep and unpacking what's going on with yourself in order to do the work of career and job search. So welcome, welcome. And Marissa, do you have anything to add? If not, we'll have Simone introduce
0: herself. I mean, sometimes I don't know, you know what i'm supposed to add anyway it's nice to see everybody uh friday cold as you mentioned freezing um a breath of fresh air connected from overseas on with us a young fresh perspective and i am excited to hear her story and you would think i would know more of it but i actually do not so i don't know a um, ton of it either i know bits and pieces um but simone is dave's cousin
1: And my husband, Dave, and I've known her since she was a very young woman. And now she is a actual young woman and has (laughs) made some really amazing strides and, and changes in her life, even in the last couple of months. And we're just so excited to talk to her today. She is a yogi and a yoga teacher and a life coach and works with women just like we do in um, achieving their dreams. So we're just so happy to have Simone here today. Simone, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you're up to, like what you do, and then we'll unpack a little bit of your story.
2: Sure. Well, thank you guys both so much for having me. Um, I'm Simone Pappel. I am a yoga teacher and life coach, mindset coach for women. Um, as a yoga teacher, I teach hatha, vinyasa, rocket, all sorts of yoga to all sorts of people. Up until very recently, I was teaching private clients at their homes, at the offices of big companies like Meta to smaller companies and startups. Uh, I was teaching school teachers, elementary school kids, gym studios. And this was in London where I was living um, on and off for the last 10 years. Up until very recently, I'm now in the process of relocating to Barcelona. Um, So now I'm currently teaching online only teaching all my private clients in a few corporates, and then now looking to start some in-person stuff here in Barcelona. And then as a life coach, I work with clients one-to-one, online, from anywhere in the world. And I also run personal development workshops um, for the public and also for corporate groups. And as you kind of mentioned, Amy, my niche the people I really love working with and coaching are women. And I love supporting women to really overcome their mindset blocks specifically things around self-doubt so that they can show up in their lives with more confidence, that they can show up in their lives authentically so they can really live out their hearts deepest desires and live a life that's fulfilling to them.
0: That was so well said. I'm so proud of you Simone. Um, so
1: I love your story for a variety of reasons, because I feel like I've been on your journey with you as, you know, even if we just joked before we went live, you know, whether it was like living out of a suitcase when she was in town from Switzerland or London or wherever she was living at the time. The for the majority of Simone's life that I know her, I've known Dave, you know, close to 20 years, they have lived overseas-ish. There was a Miami moment, but there was mostly overseas. Um, so we don't get to spend as much time with Simone and her brother Max and their parents um uh, as much as we would love. But you know, I, I just sidebar, I will say the siblings that Simone's dad and then her their her sister, his sister and brother. No, my my mother-in-law and her brother and sister are like, they remind me a lot of my sister and I. Like they're so, so close. They're so tight That's with me. correct, Marissa. Um, and it just It's just such a lovely dynamic. And even though they lived overseas, we just always had a lot of intense QT with them, which was always so nice to to be part of. And I've watched Simone because, you know, and she'll tell us this. And as a career coach and a recruiter my whole life, kind of going from this dream of, which I won't spoil it, but dream of something else. And we're gonna talk about what that dream was and kind of working in that field and then making this leap to what she's doing now, which I haven't really been able to talk to her directly about why she did. So I'm so excited to have her here so that we can talk about it live. Um, so just to kind of start from the beginning, we always like to ask people this um, you know, as their first question, because I'm guessing that the answer was not a life coach or, or you know, a yoga teacher maybe, of what Not your first and earliest memory is of what you wanted to be when you grew up. When you were little in Florida or wherever, you know, Geneva, when you were having mm-hmm. the dream of being what you wanted to be, what was that earliest memory?
2: So, the earliest memory, it's funny because I actually wanted to be pretty much everything when I was growing up. I've always been, always had many different interests, I've always been multi passionate. I'm a manifesting generator in human design for anyone who kind of says about that. So I'm like always had loads of interest. So I wanted to be everything from an astronaut to a chef, to a surgeon, to an interior designer. I really wanted to be a tennis player at one point when my parents crushed my dreams with that one. Um, so I'm really, it was all over the place. There was never one thing that I knew I wanted to be. Um, probably the earliest. I don't even remember it, but my parents will tell me that I saw a violin in a window. Um, and I said, I want to play that. And so I played violin for 14 years, pretty much my entire childhood. Um, but I, it was only, I guess, when I start to, when I got to high school and I had to start thinking about my future and what I would want to do, I was choosing between going into medicine and becoming a doctor. I always enjoyed Biology was always my best subject. And then on the other side, journalism and writing about art or art, music, fashion, and the things I was interested in. But I had those two kind of, those were my two things that I seriously considered. Marissa, that is a good one for you. Marissa
1: likes to dissect the dream and how you got to where you are and, and correlate the two. That might be the first time we've had somebody that was so left and right brained. In the answer, you know, it's like biology, fashion writer. It's like,
0: what? (laughs) You know, some deep thoughts coming. So I was just listening and I'm thinking, okay, I don't know the last time. Actually, we had a guest on a couple weeks ago that was more of a, a closer to Gen Z. I don't know if we've interviewed a Gen Z yet. And I actually think that Gen Zs are more like us, Jamie, mm-hmm. than millennials. You know, although you are borderline. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I am yeah.
1: a borderline. I'm a, I'm a, what do they call us? Because um, 81, 81, 81 is technically a millennial. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I think Gen Z. And very we, loose quotes, technically. I'm like, so I'm, okay. the, I'm, not, I'm on like, the other end of that. Not, right. No. And I'm in the, I'm in the cusp between um, millennial and um. I think it's Gen X. I'm the weird cusp. Anyway, uh, Gen Zs tend to be more like us than millennials were. And or, or, And I think I'm listening to you, right? And I'm also trying to think about how a Gen Z comes up. Like, for instance, you know, when we ask the question, you know, what did you want to be when you grow up? And Jamie says, I can't imagine it was a yoga instructor. Actually, to a Gen Z, they -hmm. very well could be somebody that would want to be a yoga instructor from a young age because they were exposed to a different lifestyle Mm. and a more holistic lifestyle since the very beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I pause at that. So in listening to you, and what I actually am thinking is that you had to have the idea that you wanted to heal people. Okay. And you also had a very... Creative approach. And my guess is that when you start doing the traditional schooling for healing and notice that it does not operate in a creative way, there was a piece of you that felt unfulfilled and noisy. Mm. And also, for somebody that has always had a lot of interests and what I like to call endearingly noise, you had Mm -hmm. to learn how to silence them so that you could be focused. And that in turn becomes breathwork, meditation, and yoga. And when you started to notice that that worked really well for you, it started to change your perception of what you wanted to do because you wanted to bring that gift to other people. So that would be what I would think. It's not as linear as I would normally connect. Um, But for somebody that didn't know what they wanted to do but was good at a lot of things, and then the things that they were good at kind of counteracted. I don't want to say counteracted. But like I had a conversation and this speaks volumes to you, right? I had a conversation today with somebody that's a functional uh, practitioner and there is so much missing in modern medicine. So much missing in modern medicine Mm -hmm. that that it is mind blowing that that wink they can get away with.
2: Right. I completely agree. Yeah. I could go. I could talk and I, I, for hours. Yeah, about
0: that. And, and I'm not one to go down the rabbit hole. Like I take my medicine. I follow the rules. I know that it's there for a reason, but there's a lot of gray area in life that medicine does not treat. And there's a lot of humans that exist in the gray area. So anyway,
2: congratulations on noticing that early. Did you, you didn't go to med school, did you? no no i didn't it was i was seriously considering because i went to university in the uk and you need to if you want to study medicine if you want to become a doctor you you can do it later on but usually you go in from the very beginning and you don't have the same sort of flexibility that you do in the us so i ended up going for a program that was similar to the us and it allowed me to take different classes which is unusual. I was the first year to do that sort of program. Um, but very quickly, I kind of decided, you know, I did a little bit of biology based thing. I did actually sort of more anthropology, biological anthropology. Love. But I very quickly, I was like, I don't really want to commit my, the lifestyle just didn't seem right for right. me. Yeah. And oh, the commitment. I,
0: yeah. How, how do, I don't know if I answer, I don't know if I correlated Jamie, but I think I did.
2: No, you did a great job.
1: I mean, healing people, um, you know, and quieting noise. Because I agree. Like I, I feel like I'm similar to you in that I was always, you know, I have clear memories of wanting to be a dancer when I grew up and then a dance teacher. But I was always, and I still am, all over the place in my passions and interests and talents. Really, right? Mm -hmm. I could do math, and I could also do, you know, I was very linear in thinking, and but I also was. So I think it's really commendable for you to have found something that married all of those interests, whether it was healing others, creativity, um, you know, teaching that to people and also healing yourself at the same time, which is, I think such an interesting piece to the puzzle that you've, I'm just proud of you. And it's amazing to have found so early, if you will, in your career. Um, so, you know, we'll unpack that a little bit later too. I, I find it fascinating for you to to have this wherewithal and this expertise at such a young age. And I wonder if you find that to be a, you know, a um, a little bit of a roadblock for you sometimes, depending on the age of your clientele. You know, Marissa and I have a reverse issue sometimes when we're talking to college students or new grads about their resumes that we could be their moms. And that is to them intimidating and also too reminiscent of the people they don't want to listen to, right? So I think it's interesting, probably you have the reverse potentially in your in your industry, but we'll get there. So, okay. So we go to school. We think we want to maybe be a biologist, violinist, astronaut, all of the things. Um, tell us, walk us through like, you know, where you did end up and where you landed. So you, after university, as we call it um, in the UK, mm-hmm. you know, what was, actually, I, I missed a step. What was your first job? Like, what did you do for, you know, we always think it's interesting to see what people, you know, earn, how they earn money when they first started to earn money. So tell us a little bit about your first job and then talk us through a little bit about kind of how you went from that to where you landed.
2: So I actually, I did a lot of unpaid internship because I, what I eventually decided I wanted to do after actually during university was work in the art world. And so i had done a lot of art history. I did a lot of art history and anthropology. It was kind of mainly what I studied um, in college. And I decided I want to work in the art world. I wanted to figure out where I wanted to be. And everything, I mean, I don't know so much about other industries, but everything in the art world is unpaid. So I did a lot of that, exploring lots of different possibilities. I worked in museums, galleries. Um, I worked in, at a magazine. And so I was just trying to figure out what, you know, spoke to me. I knew I wanted to be around art, but I wasn't sure where within that world I wanted to fit. So I did a lot of that. And then when the first kind of job I got in that space was in a consultancy for arts organizations. And I got into that right after I finished my master's, which was in contemporary art theory. And I um, was basically one of them. I was managing um about half of our clients so the organizations that we worked with i was the main point of contact for them and i was supporting them to um well the the, we were a consultancy but we're what we were essentially doing was helping organizations to evaluate the impact of the work that they're having and so i was supporting them and for me it was rewarding to be helping these organizations everything from dance companies to museums, the galleries, all sorts of things, but I felt very far removed from the action. And what I really had decided I wanted to do was to work in a museum in public engagement to work with actually, um, you know, communicating art to people and to the public and making it more accessible. That's what I decided I was really interested in, but I was in this office job. It was kind of far removed. And I really. am sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. So, did that mean okay. like you
0: wanted to take me on a
2: tour? Not necessarily a tour, but like developing some of the public programming. So whether it's like so when I'm standing and, and, how and I how to translate
0: content, yeah, like how to translate to the public. Yeah, so I'm trying to pick up what they're putting down. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. educators behind yes. that, right? Okay, so these are things I love. This these are mm-hmm. things that regular people don't think about. Mm -hmm, Okay. uh like how many times have you gone to a museum and you know how much work you you are aware of how much work it is to curate and put everything in there? You know it Mm -hmm. culturally, but like you don't know anything about it. And then if it's not your industry. Right. You read all the little thingies. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, some of us, Simone, don't read as much as others. (laughs) We skip, Um, we skip, we clip. Or we or you listen with one thing out because you rented the thing. (laughs) (laughs) That was a client of mine for a while company called Acoustiguide where you would listen, you know, so you could be on the tour, but like then you were just kind of chatting with your friend, but like kind of listening anyway. But the point is, is I never put two and two together that obviously there has to be somebody that conveys that Mm -hmm. intelligence so that the layman can enjoy themselves and learn something along the way. And by the way, I love that
1: because again, we're a career podcast and Granted, you left that world behind, but what an interesting layer if somebody out there is that listening is interested in museums or art or um, curation in that way, and you don't really even know what areas you could potentially work in, right? Here's Simone who figured it out along the way because she interned in positions that didn't allow her to feel connected with the customer, the consumer, um, and she wanted to grow into that that's a really cool path potentially for somebody that has that interest in art, but doesn't, you know, obviously we all know what an art curator does, but is it, you know, that I, or, or from watching it in a movie or a TV, but I'm sure there's so many more layers to all of that. So, okay. It's almost, so
0: you, it's almost like a copywriter for a magazine, except you're, you're creating the contents or the guide. programming and the guide yeah. and the descriptions okay. and the, you know, what are those jobs, what, what is that position called? What would be a what would be a position like that? What would it be
2: um, called? Um Well, I guess the sort of area within the museum is public engagement. So they'll have some a public engagement coordinator or I'm not sure necessarily what the yeah. exact yeah, title, but, but it's right. gonna okay. be in that sort of yeah field. Okay. Like, so
0: okay. You, knew, you knew you wanted to do that instead.
2: Yes. I kind of I, I mean I always because I studied art history, I always loved the analysis I loved the academic side to it and I saw that especially with contemporary art people go to museums and they're like what is this I don't know what I'm looking at I don't understand the message and some things are so cool and so you know I love just I love going to museums I love being around art I think there's so much interesting stuff there but a lot of people just feel like it's not for them because it's just too abstract abstract. I think you understand yeah and so I liked the idea of being involved in that sort of, like you say, Jamie, like that translation piece where you can make it more accessible to people so people actually can get it and you know, be impacted by it. it in a way. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Okay. So so walk us through a little bit of that. Did
1: you start doing that at all? Or like where did you go from there?
2: So what happened really was, I mean, I guess it didn't really this whole this whole story doesn't last too long because I knew I wanted to go into that COVID. I knew I wanted to go into that, but I was in this job. I really didn't enjoy the job. And I saw that all the museums around me were closed and I didn't know how long they would be closed for. And at the same time I had started to apply for some of these jobs. They were super competitive and really not well-paid. And at the same time I had already started teaching yoga a little bit on the side. And I just decided, you know, I have an interest in personal development and Maybe I could just maybe, maybe, just maybe I'll switch gears. So I really went through this whole process. It was very, it was really the start of the pandemic. I was like, I can't do this. Marissa
1: and I thought, sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but that's 2526, which is exactly what we always say. So by the way, just to, to say one thing, Simone, Marissa and I have a lot of theories, which we'll probably talk about as we speak today, but you know maybe not so much in Europe, but uh, similar, I'm sure. But in U.S., you know, we go to high school for four years. You go to college for four years. You work for four years. And then all of a sudden you're like, so 25, 26 is when we start to feel, I'm realizing I'm when I'm on screen, you can see my face. But if you're listening to this, I made a funny like, whoops, it's I'm 26, face. Um, So that's that year of transformation. And for you specifically, which is so fascinating to me, That happened during COVID. So that transitionary, already, very transition time for everyone happened to you and your peers during the pandemic. So it's like Mm -hmm. double whammy of what, you know, as we call it the aha moment typically, like what was your aha moment? When did you decide to leave art maybe-ish behind and follow this path? And, you know, for a lot of people we talk to right now. Your aha moment was made for you, unfortunately or fortunately. Um, so that's really part of this question. But I just wanted to interject there that that feels very right. Just so you know, it's mm-hmm. extremely normal
0: to feel that way at that age, anyway, or that stage right. yeah. of your career. But but it was exacerbated COVID. by your inability to actually try it, your sea legs at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I'd like to be I'd like to say this first on record. I know we're not supposed to date ourselves on our live podcast, but on two. 323. She did not leave art behind. Mm-hmm. She'll come back for it. Yes, she will. She's just yeah. not there yet. So she's doing this now for all of her clients. And maybe just maybe she'll incorporate some of the things that she's learned along the way into her dharmas or her coaching, because art, you know, I was thinking about you just now as you're telling your story and I'm thinking about art, right. And how, Art has the power of healing and making people think and feel and the anthropology that you're interested in. And people in general are just such an incredible mystery and then also such an incredible, everybody's on their own journey. So if you are interested in people and you're interested in art and then you're interested in healing people and combining all of those things together, chances are you'll bring something to your practice that is a little different than somebody that teaches with other tools. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and, and I think, I think that you're by accident, actually being as old as you are in your moment, but as young as you are in the grand scheme of things is probably you're at the precipice of doing something that includes even that much more that will come in time, especially since now you're living in the city of, Oh, no, don't challenge me while on screen. Simone, it starts with a G. What? Starts Where with a G? It? Yep. Not Barcelona. Well, the, art, the
2: artist. We are, oh, um, Gaudi. Thank you.
1: Yeah. I had the G. I love the Gaudi Museum, by the way. That was one of my favorites when I was there same. a million years ago. Literally one million. Same, 20, same, same, 21. same, same. 21 years ago this Same. month, I was, I had left for my study abroad. And unfortunately I've not been back to Europe as much as I would have liked, but that was one of my favorite memories, actually,
0: that Gowdy museum with the okay. melting clocks, the melting clocks. Anyway. Melting clock, melting clock. By the way, okay. think about melting clocks for a second. Talk about COVID and a pregnant pause. Yeah. That was a melting clock. Yes. <laughs> okay. Totally. Okay. Melting clock, literally, figuratively. Okay. Okay. Time, by the way, life has always been difficult. It's never mm. not been difficult. So depends chin. on the generation. You know, when he's devising or creating a melting clock, it wasn't because the sun was out and he was smiling. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, mm. okay, small. So you started the side hustle. The side hustle became fulfilling. The moment was upside down and you created your own right side up. Yes. But, but there's still some buts because I don't think you were 100% fulfilled.
1: Yeah, tell us what happened. You were teaching your side hustle, the yoga. So how did that morph into
2: more? I actually, it was at the very beginning where I decided I really was, I think I was the first person that I coached because I took myself aside and I thought, you know, if my life could be anything, if I could do anything, if I could remove all expectations or assumptions about what I could do based on, you know, things I've studied and expectations other people have of me what would I do and what would it look like? And so I knew yoga was going to be a part of that because I had already been teaching, I already loved it, but I also had a feeling that there was, you know, something else that I would want to do alongside it. And I had always liked the idea of helping people, I thought about maybe being a therapist or some some other thing because I love talking to people too. It's just helping people in a very different way to yoga. I think they complement each other really well, but they are very different. So I started to do a lot of research into things like therapy, coaching. I spoke to a few coaches um, and I just decided that coaching, I mean, coaching just felt very aligned with the way that I see the world and I like to do things. Um, and so it was in 2020 that I signed up for coaching certification and I yeah went down to part-time with my other job I was starting to do more teaching I did my coaching training and little by little just you know started putting myself out there and started doing all of it so it was from the beginning that I kind of knew I wanted to do both things alongside each other The so yoga grew really first because that's what I knew and I was more comfortable with. Um, and it's hard growing two things at the same time. It's especially when, to be honest, as you already know, because I've given you my whole story, I didn't have business experience. I didn't have marketing experience. I learned a lot on the job and it's been the most rewarding thing I think I've ever done in my life. Um, it's forced me to grow in so many ways that I just didn't, couldn't have foreseen because I had no idea.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's funny because we, not to, to bring this back to us always, but you know, we, we had a similar aha moment ourselves, right? As the dream catchers, the last several years has been so interesting for so many of us, inclusive of Marissa and I, where this started as a podcast and it morphed into so much more over the course of the last couple of years of resume writing and helping others kind of dig deep and figure out their career journey and their job search strategy Um, In addition, of course, to the podcast. And I hear you. I mean, it's very hard to build two things at one time. Um, Marissa and I still have a very thriving day job. And the Dreamcatchers podcast and business is alongside it. And it's, you know, it's exciting and fun, but also correlates really nicely. So yours as well, like yoga and self-care and self-belief and coaching is very well connected. It makes a lot of sense. Um, ok. So now tell us now that you've kind of walked us through your aha moment that happened by accident or on purpose. um tell us a little bit about what you do do now. Like, you know, where you know, what kind of stuff you're doing. I know you mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, where you were doing some corporate work and private clients. Obviously, now you live in a new city. So we'll have to get you right followers there, which, Hopefully people are listening in Spain. We do have listeners all over the world, actually. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about what you do and what you offer. Um, yeah. Obviously, the word today or the words is self-belief. So we've talked about
2: it already. And how a do we say bit.
0: self-belief in Spanish?
2: Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I wish probably, I could tell you the know. right answer. Does it really translate? We probably shouldn't I'm gonna have yeah. to ask as soon as I get off this call. I'm gonna ask someone
0: because you need to understand uh, what that word is in Spanish.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I I will tell you one of the main. You're reasons fluent, was, aren't you? I, fluent. Uh, so that's one of the ra- reasons that I moved here because I wanted to just really 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 just want to become be good totally spanish. like i like oh you
0: know what i'm not fluent in spanish so i'm just gonna move to barcelona really quick like,
2: just gonna like quickly move to barcelona I like, because i don't, I don't think I, it would have happened I mean, yes basically i don't and, think it would have happened So otherwise. a little it's a little
1: sure. a little sidebar i just wanted to share because i don't know that i've ever shared this live and i think it's a really interesting tidbit so simone's dad and and my mother-in-law were born in cuba and um came here and It's so fascinating to me when I married into this family or when I met Dave is that most of the second generation or first generation, actually, that were born in the U.S. or elsewhere were not fluent in Spanish. Dave does not speak Spanish really at all. And his mom and his grandma and his uncle and aunt, like only Spanish most of the time, or at least Spanglish. Um, And I found it so interesting that specifically, I know a lot of people out there might know this, but folks that left cuba during that time had to assimilate and wanted to leave cuba behind because of what they left so there wasn't a ton of spanish in the home the way with the with the next generation the way that other cultures incorporated language so one of dave's literal biggest life regrets is not knowing spanish better and always talks about it and actually really we wish our kids were getting more ingrained in spanish and we're trying much more um, but it is, I'm not surprised Simone that you feel that way. Right. Cause Dave feels like mm-hmm. that, that too. Now mm-hmm. living overseas, you had more exposure to it and probably speak it a little bit better. Also, their other two cousins lived in Valencia and Spain for a study abroad, and they were able to become more fluent. And so now all the cousins speak Spanish except for Dave and Jen. And they're like, what happened? Cause they're the oldest of the cousins and they don't yeah. know any Spanish really. And it's like, it's upsetting with a family. They can, watch, Spanish they can watch Dora. Yes, totally. But it is, you know, it's it's part of who you are and it's, yeah. granted it's a different type of Spanish where you are, but, you know, I agree with you. I think what an amazing thing to be able to go back to your roots, try to get more in, in you know, entangled with the language and move to a city that speaks that language. I think that's really incredible that you're in a position that you can do that because I think Dave would probably pick up a move to Spain too if he could um, so that he could <laughs> prove to his grandma that he learned the language um, but I love that for you and by the way I googled what self-belief is in Spanish and it's conviziana and uno mismo which I guess translates ish to confidence in yourself at the same time almost mm. uh, which is like in one, you know, which is an interesting literal translation. So I wonder if, if the actual phrase of self-belief is different.
0: She'll, she'll, she'll come back to us and we'll post it. Yep. Love it. Okay. Okay. So Mm -hmm. tell us about what you do now.
2: So I I guess I have two, the coaching and yoga, at least for now, I think at some point I'll try to merge them a little bit more. I've explored it a little bit, but for now they're two separate things. So with the yoga, it's teaching now people privately online, uh, though I'm looking to do stuff in person in Barcelona, but private clients, really supporting them with whatever they want to learn, whatever they want to work on. So it's very specific to the person. Um, You know, if they're working with a particular injury where they want to build strength. So I have, you know, mom who is looking to build strength after having a child and then someone else who has a foot injury and just wants to be, you know, more in shape. So I work with private private clients, and that's something I really love doing because you get to really establish. And it's the same with coaching. I love the one-to-one work. I get to really establish a connection with someone and really help them reach their goals, whatever those are. And then at the same time, I teach for corporate groups. So going into offices or online teaching those groups, um, and that's a way to sort of Bespoke, and then on the other hand, I have the coaching element, and so I'm primarily coaching people one to one. And as I said before, that's you know primarily women. And for me, I think I spent a bunch of time kind of thinking about who I really wanted to focus on, and what I came to was what it, I. What, so something that really fires me up is just being. How women, and I thought of myself, I saw it in my friends, just compared to men that I know, to think women just being very self-deprecating or really doubting themselves, their abilities, giving a lot to other people, people-pleasing, and not going after opportunities and things that they actually really want because they think they're not good enough. It's that whole not good enough um, I think it really encompasses a lot. And it, you know, you manifest in perfectionism and, um, you know, imposter syndrome, which affects, they say, about 90% of women. Um, and it's just all of these things we learn from society. We learn, you know, we, we don't even realize it, but it starts from such a young age. And it really frustrates me that that is stopping women from really sharing their gifts with the world from doing what they really want what really lights them up um so that's why I'm so passionate about supporting that group. I agree I couldn't agree with you more
1: I think that you know one of our favorite books from COVID was Glennon Doyle's Untamed I don't know if you read it I'm hoping that mm-hmm. you did um yeah. which is basically all about that right it's like you know we're goddamn cheetahs and we need to get out there and be cheetahs because that's what we're meant to do in the world. And so we are so ingrained in, you know, just a society, no matter where you live of a certain type of path that we're supposed to take. Um, And kind of going against that grain or against that path is just not natural. So you sometimes need help um, from somebody like Simone, from somebody like us that can help that study it, that know it, and can help pass that wisdom to you that you can do this. And this is how you unblock and, you know, d- different exercises, I'm sure. And, and processes that you've learned that you can gift for people to kind of change their mindset. Cause I do find that, you know, in what we do in career coaching and resume writing and recruitment, it all kind of comes back to, you know, Marissa and I literally probably every day are like, I'm not a life coach, but if I was a life, if I were a life coach, this is what I, you know. Because that's, we're basically life coaches also. We're not certified life coaches. Mm-hmm. We are certified in our years of experience. But right, I think a lot not, of our messaging is the it. same.
0: We're not coming at it from, you know, soul discrepancy. Yeah. We're coming at it from self worth, though, and mm-hmm. um, career journey and that piece of it. Um, so we actually have aligned with several life coaches. Um, in the last few years, because the truth is, is there are people when you want to change career, when you want to change jobs, we have to have you already graduated from small. We can't yeah, do like that. You, you, like have you have to already know. you gotta, you're gotta already to be rock. in the right headspace because if you're not in the right headspace, you're not going to get the jobs mm-hmm. because your energy is not ready to receive. Um, and I mean, it, it's not impossible of course it's possible we all have somebody yeah. in our life that's just okay i'm just gonna get Make another change job. yeah and like yeah but <laughs> most of us most of us need to really kind of be in that headspace um and you need you know i mean it's funny and i really think like you you know having gone through this change and now moving i mean we're always evolving so even when you're when you're coaching, I'm like, I sometimes I'm sitting there giving advice. I'm like, I should give this advice to myself. You yeah. know, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty I much this- every day. I'm always like I should take my own advice. You know, I'm like, I need to listen to myself a little bit more. Often. Um, you know, and I, I think, and, but I, what I do like from what you're sharing is that the pieces of you that are fulfilled is having all these different types of clients with different needs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So I think just based on how what you've shared with me, you would maybe be a little bit less fulfilled if everything was exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, we're cut from the same cloth. Sometimes I wish I liked things that were similar because it would be less grueling to always have different things, Mm -hmm. but that's not who I am. Right. So, you know, that part I've accepted. I just heard a term. Who said it? I can't even give that person credit. It'll come to you. We'll we'll follow up when we figure out how to say self-belief. It's called um, radical acceptance. Have you heard of this Mm -hmm. one? And that that is probably one of the hardest challenges for all humans, but I think especially women, um, is exercising radical acceptance. Whoever just taught me that, which was like Tuesday, I'm so sorry, I can't remember what I've done (laughs) this week. (laughs) I know it wasn't when I registered for TCA PreCheck, but it was somewhere along the line. I looked up. Oh, this TSA thing. PreCheck. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm, I'm like, so, I don't know where so I glad it. you finally did that. Thank by you. the way, I googled it and everything. Radical <laughs> acceptance. And I'm trying to use it in sentences. But who the hell taught me that? I don't know. Anyway, um, I think we all struggle with that. So, and I think we struggle with it in different stages of our life. So it's like you just made change because you needed to make change. And now you'll teach that environment there, what you've learned from your change. Mm -hmm. Um, So you continue to keep shining your light, but like you yourself have to take care of yourself, which I think um, is you can't be a good leader unless you're following your
2: own directives, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's what one of the things that drew me also to coaching and yoga, and I think it's you know, I don't know, you guys are the career experts, maybe there, I'm sure there are other careers that are similar, but in order to really be able to communicate and teach and share the work well, you need to be doing it on yourself always. So I was always, I always loved doing yoga and personal development myself and I knew that you know the, I'm kind of like just so immersed in it. I'm working on it myself. I'm sharing it with other people. And so I think the best coaches, the best teachers are the ones who are walking the talk and I agree. You know, it's embodied what you're sharing. It's not just that uh, you know you're teaching something you read in a book or you learned in a class.
0: So do you think it's deep? You know how in yoga they always say, you know, meet your body where it is now. Right? I always wonder if it's deep or there's depth that I never really could advance more than a crow or a handstand. I mean, a headstand. And I always have thought about that because we always say in yoga that you are, that you're not supposed to compare to others. Right. Yeah. Like who yoga you are on the mat is the way that you is, are in the world. Right. So, yeah. the, but then there's also that and I always say to myself, I'm like, it's interesting. I've practiced yoga almost my entire adult life when I practiced regular, now I I practice regularly, but I'm not regular, like a yoga instructor. So I practice like, you know, now I'm once a week in my years, when I was your age, I was, I I did yoga three to five times a week. I did. And I never ever got. So if I were your private client, the first thing I would say to you is like, okay, so now, now I'm older. So like, I don't really need to go up on the wall like as much as I used to want to. Um, Mm -hmm but I used to be able to want to learn how to do all those moves without using the wall.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think about that in a a deep way. Do we see a correlation to where we max out on the mat to how we are in regular life? Mm -hmm. And if we were to uncork on the mat, would we feel that uncorking in regular life? And then also Marissa, don't start trying to do handstands when you're 45. Um, but also, should I be doing handstands? So these are things like as you do. You ever think about that depth? Because I'm I sure. think I think about that a lot when I'm practicing.
2: It's really interesting that you say that because I haven't. If I'm understanding your question correctly, I. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll respond and tell me tell me if this is if this is right, but. The poses are really, I know we get so excited about poses and doing things like handstands, which are super fun. And I'm working on them now, but they're really not the point, you know, they're like, they're a vehicle for. it's, it's teaching you working through the next pose and the next pose is just teaching you that you are on this never ending journey that, Mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you get to one thing, there's something else that you want. And, it's it's really about the journey through it and how you show up to the practice. It's not about pushing to the next pose. So I think if you are you know stuck doing the same things, you don't advance past a headstand or whatever it is. I don't think that's necessarily you know, it's not isn't necessarily an indication of your the quality of your practice. Um, because and then, it's terms the quality more, of my life. Right. Yeah. I, well, I don't think it has. And I don't think there's any, you know, correlation. I think we, we are, we see things like Instagram, we see, you know, photos that glamorize these advanced poses, but really like all that has to do with is. Right. That's just, what that's people, just ego, which is the, and it's really not what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. It's ego. And it's just about like what physical movements you're doing, what strength, you know, poses you're doing to build up strength to do that thing. It's like learning to, I don't know, do a pull up or something. You know, if you practice those movements, you'll be able to do it. If you don't practice those movements, you're not going to be able to do it. Right. Which is kind of separate to the whole, you know.
0: It is. It is. And I I have let go of it. I have let go of it. I just think about it every so often, like when I'm practicing and I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is where I get. And that's okay. But Mm -hmm. I also think like, you know, I don't know. I mean, if I were to, I have considered becoming a teacher through the years. So I thought about getting my training and then I thought about like, well, what would happen when I get to like hour 400 and can't get past crow?
2: Um, anyway, <laughs>
0: these are like things. That deep, deep private, private you definitely
2: network. don't need to uh, do that uh, to be able to be a teacher. No.
1: Well, you know, I think, I think this thank is good, all really thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> I think um, I find this all fascinating because so much of what you do with your clients, I'm sure is very similar um, and I already am excited to off-camera off, off camera connect and, and maybe help some of your clients and vice versa that, you know, I talk to people yeah. often who admittedly, I think, need someone like you b- before they need someone like
0: me. And it, it'll also um, be nice to have a, a Generation C as one of our um, referrals that I can say, referrals. like, I have a great coach. So actually, that's a great
1: question. I, I alluded to it earlier. Do you find that your age and your tenure in doing this has been a roadblock for you at all? And if so, how, and how have you overcome it?
2: Hmm. It's a good question. It's something that, you know, concerned me initially when I thought about going into coaching, I thought, can, you know, am I too young to do this? And what I came to was, I mean, there are two things. There's there's business, I mean, not business coaching, but executive coaching, sure. or corporate coaching, mm-hmm. where the people in those roles tend to be people who have been, you know, they've had a long career in the corporate world, and then they transitioned into coaching. And so in that sort of role, you do, you are really expected to have that experience. What I'm doing is really has nothing to do with that. I don't have corporate experience. I'm not trying to get it. I'm not trying to help people with that. So it really doesn't matter. You can have... You know, and, and the work that I do, the way that I coach people is not me telling them what to do with their life or their career or anything. I'm not pretending to have all those answers. What I do is I help shine a light on people's blind spots. I help keep them accountable. I help them, I help provide a structure for them to, um, you know, create the change that they want mm-hmm. to see in their lives. So I really kind of hold space for people and I have the structure and I'm, you know, they're able to hold the bigger picture together while they explore what's, you know, those deeper layers. That's exactly so what that, i did. I think that's ageless. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, exactly. Exactly. So I don't if think truly, I need to have that. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I agree with you. Also, I do think that the, and I say this a lot now, I think the, the universal equalizer is that we all experienced the pandemic. So if you were 25 or 40 a lot, and during I agree. that time, everything that you learned in those three years was the same amount of information, whether you were 10, 15. I mean, you think about my daughters and think about a regular, you know, a non-pandemic 14 and 10-year-old. They mm-hmm. know that. They know much more. They've mm-hmm. experienced something that, that other people haven't. So there's a universal equalizer. Mm-hmm. there where i actually truly believe that the age if you can offer a gift of healing and your process um is your process age has nothing to do with it in I fact agree. as you get older you're so stuck in your own rhythms that it actually would be rather refreshing to have tools coming from a person that perhaps has yet to get stuck in those rhythms I agree, and also just in terms of tools and different things that you could be
1: using, and things then and, and um, industry wide. Like you know, I was thinking of it that not even to be ages, but I was thinking of it like with with our work, right? So people come to us for their resume or their or their LinkedIn or their job search strategy. And, you know, my background is in media and fashion, right? And I have recently helped people from all industries. And at first, I was a little worried that as I was building this, was I going to run into the roadblock of people being like, well, you don't understand my industry, right? Or I, don't, you're not going to know how to write a resume for, you know, an accountant. Even though, of course, over the years, we've done that. I think like you, you know it's your work is industry lists. It's ageless. Um, it's, you know, specialty lists. And that's how our work is as well. The end of the day, when you need help and you need to rely on someone, it doesn't matter who they are, where they live in the world, how many years of experience, if they are a light and they want to help you shine yours brighter then they are a light, it, you know, that is Marissa and I call our, ourselves light workers. I I would consider you one as well. Your light shines brighter because you've worked on your light, and you want to gift that light to others. I don't care how many years you've been doing it. That is an ageless, industry industryless, you know, locationless gift. Um, and that's, that's just, the thing you're
0: using your inherent gift. You're using what you're good at,
1: so it doesn't matter how old you are. So, speaking of gifts, um, one of our favorite questions, you know, as we near the end of this conversation, even though I would like to talk to you forever, um, is about superpowers and mantras, um, both of which I'm I'm guessing you've done some thinking about. Uh, we mm-hmm. do a lot of work with our clients on superpowers and identifying what we're good at and who we innately want to be. Um, and exactly who we were just talking about. Exactly. Um, and I think that's a hard thing for sometimes people to realize that that's important to really dig deep and think, okay, what am I actually good at? And then how do I translate that to career? Um, yeah. So tell us, you know, I'll, I'll ask this question in tandem. Do you consider yourself to have a superpower? I could probably guess what I think yours are, but, um, and also do you have a mantra or anything that you say to yourself each day, obviously as a yoga teacher and a breath work person, all of that, I'm sure you do. Um, or you gift that those mantras maybe to your clients. So tell us a little bit about your superpowers and your mantras and like what keeps you inspired. Sure. So.
2: This, I think my superpowers lie in, first and foremost, I think my ability to hold space for people and to make people feel at ease, sharing and being vulnerable. And something that people tell me often is that I'm very calm and that my voice is soothing. Mm-hmm. And so that's not something, those two things are not things that I necessarily would have um. I wouldn't disagree with but i wouldn't have thought of myself but i've had enough people tell me that so i i would say that that's um clearly something i'm giving off i agree so i, I think it's it's comes down to that you know when friends or people come to me for support it's it, it's related really to be that space holder and to, well, you know
1: I was going to, not to interrupt you, but that was the second piece of yeah. the question that I didn't even get to say is that when people are tr- struggling with figuring out what their superpower is, I we usually reframe the question, like, who are you in your group of friends? You know, are mm-hmm. you the advice giver, the calmer, the partier, yeah. the one that splits the bill? Like there's so many different types of people out there and those mm-hmm. skills can actually translate to your career. So the fact that you're calming and that you're, you put people at ease and, you know, that's who you are and probably always yeah. have been. And now you're able to use those superpowers in your day-to-day life and your career and gift mm-hmm. those powers to other people that don't necessarily feel that those are innate. Um, yeah. I I couldn't agree with you more. I think, and I
2: agree with you about your voice. I think it's very mm-hmm. calming. Very calming. Um, yeah. Impossible to know from my Perspective, but I've had people coming
1: up. So i You're like, well, I can, I can validate, validate this better. <laughs> okay. And what about mantras or or just kind of dharmas, yeah. if you will, to put it in your language? What, you know, that keep you inspired that you use to inspire others?
2: Yeah. So I have two or three, I think. Well, so the first one I'll share is I don't know if you guys know or listeners probably have heard of Marie Forleo. hmm. She and her her mantra, everything is figure outable, is something that's really stuck with me. Um, and it just really resonates with um, my just philosophy and coaching generally, that no matter what, and, and self-belief really, which you know we've touched on a bit, is this this no matter what situation you find yourself in, knowing that there is a way to figure it out and that you will get through it. And she wrote a book, which is called Everything is outable And in the book, she also has, you know, examples of people who have applied this to their lives, people in all sorts of crazy situations that, you know, they knew everything is outable and they found a way through it. And so, that. you know, it's it's really when I think things get really tough and sometimes we can get so weighed down by the heaviness of something we're experiencing. You know, we don't realize we, you know, we can't see a way out. And I think being able to take a step back and remind yourself everything is figure outable is really powerful. I love that. I love that. And I agree. Um,
1: (laughs) Anything you said you had others? Did you have something else?
2: Well, the other one, which I've especially been thinking about a lot recently, is. you focus on feeling good, and Gabby Bernstein talks a lot about this, that if you focus on feeling good, you will attract what you want into your life. And, you know, I think sometimes we think like feeling good is a luxury or it's, you know, it's it's not, it's almost frivolous, but actually I think it's always a sign that what you're doing is aligned with your soul and with, you know, who you are. So if you can follow that, you're going to start to bring in what you want into your life.
1: I love that. And I you know, really I, you. I, I, I watched something last night. Um, I sent it to Marissa actually, but there's a girl who, she actually was a camp counselor at my friend's sleep camp and now is a very famous, um, I guess, small business owner. It's called Baked, my, Baked by Melissa, which is like these little mini cupcakes. I know that, it, yeah. You know it, okay. Mm-hmm. So her name is, um Melissa Vanishay I think and she um has a, a huge following now just like you know her ASMR wet you know uh cooking things that she does on her social media but she also posts like really cool inspirational stuff and she's just really relatable another mom young kids um and she talked about the lucky girl syndrome yesterday which I had never heard it phrased that way um but that's how she lives her life. And I realized that I myself live that way. And I th- thought that was just an interesting way of phrasing it. Have you ever heard of this lucky girl syndrome? Which is like- I haven't. Okay. So it's similar to what you were just saying about focus on mm-hmm. feeling good. That like okay. life doesn't happen to you. You create your own destiny. And that is something that Marissa and I talk about all the time. Like we can all be lucky girls. Everybody out there that's listening, all your clients, um, I'll send you the- um the link because it was a really she does a whole voiceover of like she's actually making a salad while she's doing it so it's like you're focused on her chopping but she's also like saying something really versus like there's so much
0: chopping that's all she saw but i'm like listen <laughs> to what she's saying listen to what she's saying um by the way listen- i am but i am a healer like, that's what i am like i know my soul's work if i'm sitting here listening to you uh, i need my own self talk okay yeah i know my own soul's work I struggle with what the definition of success is. Here I am. I'm standing on my soapbox. I I unfortunately find that a lot of what we're saying is hindered. The ability to shine our light is hindered by realities, expectations financially. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we live in a culture where in order to exist with the things that we need and want, our soul's light can't shine as brightly sometimes because we need to do things that pay our bills. Okay, so that's my utmost issue, right? So my problem is that when I'm watching the lucky girl video, I'm seeing the chopping. Okay. <laughs> totally. And so we it is supposed to I, be like an It was a player. lot of chopping. Like she's what? just a
1: very good cutter. Like I don't no, know. That's her whole but by the way, that's her whole thing. And typically her videos are cutting. So
0: I think Whatever, what she, we'll send it to you after. Anyway, like I want to I need to know. When you yeah. watch this video, if you hear the lucky girl or if you see the chopping, I
1: and will then, let you know. <laughs> I feel like it's, a, it's one of those, like, what color do you see on the sneaker? It's yeah, like, you know, Simone yeah. be like,
0: Marissa, go to the wall and try to get up. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we,
1: established, we established that Simone is, is bilaterally brain. So hopefully
0: she can. So I'm, I'm I'm hoping she's a little on my side this time. Anyway, I really, I had never heard lucky girl either. I'm still trying to figure out who told me about radical acceptance. And I, um, I'd never (laughs) heard of that before, but I liked it. It Probably it feels, um, Eastern to me. So it must be an Eastern concept. It was interesting because it was about,
1: well, radical acceptance is, I think radical acceptance is based in Buddhism because I've heard this before. I don't, lucky girl might just be like a phrase that encapsulates, you know, what we all are talking about today. Self-belief, creating your own destiny, going after what you want not thinking that the world is happening to you but that you are actually happening to the world
0: to the world um so i think agree. i mean it's it sounds like tween apparel but also at the same time the lucky um, girl i'm like yeah, it's lucky. like am
1: i a Visco girl like i'm a lucky girl yeah. like
0: you don't have we don't have to have luck to feel lucky well I, I feel, feel like i feel like lucky girl sometimes has um lucky sometimes can be negative stigma which
1: is what she's describing actually while she's shopping. So you'll have to listen. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I, I sent it to you, Simone. Actually, sorry, I digress. Live action just sent it to you on Instagram, so you could take a Amazing. look. Amazing. Um, okay, so our last question when we wrap. Wait, is, hold on. Did what? I interrupt? Did no. we interrupt? Did no, she, she gave us her mantra. No, I shared. Focus on feeling good. Everything is outable. Love. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, I love that. So love both of those for a variety of reasons. We're very. Op- I'm very operational minded and and kind of. You know, it's funny, you say everything is figure outable. Tootsie, who I've told you about, who's my yoga guru, and we talked about earlier because Merca didn't say her name, but that's whose class yeah. we take or Merca takes more regularly. Um, her thing about me when I started working with her as a, as a client, when I was helping her build her brand, is she calls me a get shit doneer. Like she's just like, I can't call you anything else. Like I just have to, I just give it to Jamie and she gets it done. And it's like, that's exactly how I like to live my life. So I love the everything is outable mindset when you're building something, when you're to bring it back to this conversation of building your own brand and, and also just figuring out your career is no matter what, it's figureoutable. And if you can't figure it out, there's people like Simone, yes. there's people like Marissa and I that can help you get there to help you weed through the web, as we call it, the dream catcher's you know, dream catcher so that all the, look, I have one, see, it's back there. Um, look, boop. it um, looks almost like it's not even real. I'm like, it's over there. Um, <laughs> so I'm like leaning tower of Pisa. Um, but, you know, every, they, that whole mess, we help try to kind of figure that out. And I think there are people that you can lean on. I mean, Marissa talked pretty openly about this our last uh, episode two, it's like, sometimes you need, Oh, she talked about it actually at the top of this as well. Functional nutritionists, people that specialize in things that you need help. Like you need a personal trainer, you need, you know, and if, and if you're able and you're able to lean on people or just pick their brain, even if you can't afford their service. Um, a lot of these folks, myself, I'm sure Simone, you know, a lot of people do, you know, free consults. You can figure out whether or not
0: social media provides free content.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It will help you get there faster. That's ultimately, you know, and if you, you know, people literally are experts in the thing that you don't know about. So if you go find them, somebody has the answer. Somebody has thought about this before. So I think, you know, if you don't know, you know, you you might not be born with the answers, but there is somewhere, somebody out there who who is born with the answers. And I, I'm excited to
0: hear Simone's
1: favorite things. Yes. So, our last favorite question is we have a concept in our coaching that we talk about in our presentations too and mostly it started actually with college kids but we've translated it all over the map which we love we have this concept of a dream crush um which usually translates to dream jobs but in this case you know we love the concept of a crush in general right so when you're everyone knows what it feels like to have a crush in their lives and the definition of that crush, right, by definition, is you're intrigued. you want to be around that person, you are interested in what they're doing. you might want to emulate something that they're doing. Um mm-hmm. so we really found that concept of having a crush and then how you act on it to yeah. really translate very well to career, right? is to figuring out who your dream crush is, your career crush of somebody that's living the dream that you would want to live. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that translates a lot of the time into career because we talk about that with people like, who are your crushes? Let's talk about them and let's figure out, can you work there or work at somewhere that's like that? Um, So we like to to wrap our, our each of our conversations with this question, because not only do we like to understand what, you know, Simone is crushing on because there might just, after we've now heard your story, things that make Mm -hmm. you tick, now might make our listeners tick and then we can follow and share. And also we like to support small businesses and other people that maybe do cool things that you have felt inspired by. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: do you have any crushes? Do you think, you know, is there any, and Marissa likes to define it sometimes as like, you know, if you have trouble figuring out what your crush is, you know, this is mostly to the listeners. Uh Uh-oh, did I freeze?
0: (laughs) You have have like Donald Trump's (laughs) face. What the <laughs>
1: hell? That happened to Marissa the last time, but now was me. Um but oh, also- Donald Trump. I oh, have that was terrible. But also I was gonna say it helps to identify your crush when you think about things that you like literally can't live without. Like life is just easier because of it. Um mm. so do you have any crushes? Obviously, I know you saw our questions in advance, so you probably know, but um I say that definition because I think a lot of our clients are like or listeners might be like, I don't know, but Um, Yeah. Do you have any questions, whether it's companies, brands, people um, that you are, you know, products that you follow along and and profits,
0: anything wide range.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, what came to mind really is for me, there are a few and I mentioned a couple of them in this episode, just people, coaches, women who really, really inspire me and I think are just so cool so people like marie forleo gabby bernstein mel robbins i really love um people who are just yeah super inspiring and doing you know what i want to do what i am doing but on a whole other level um even people like tony robbins just is the kind of um yeah the kind of people I would like to at some point study with or you know be in some way I I don't know at this stage but um to be closer to people in that sort of sphere those are like
1: yeah and I think to make that tangible too to our audience you know I just need to say this because I feel like I don't correlate this enough on at the back of our of our interviews enough but So say, for example, you're Simone and your crush is, you know, Mel Robbins or whatever, whoever the case may be, Gabby Bernstein. In this case, this is what I tell people all the time. Look them up. Are you following them on LinkedIn? Are you connected to them? Are you looking at them on Instagram? Do you see what they're up to? Because what a lot of times people do is they feel these feelings for someone, but they don't act on them in any way, right? That's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's why we call it a crush. Because it's like, what do you say? Like, how do you connect? um and so i think linkedin specifically is a tool that very often people forget that they can be leaning on whether it's connecting to people who work for those organizations that maybe are a couple years older than you maybe they went to your college maybe they are from your town maybe they have nothing in common with you but you might be able to contact them and say i see you work for tony robbins and that is a dream of mine Can we have coffee? And like, who's to say that person may not write back and say yes. So I think what Simone's saying and following along with people that you're inspired by that either do what you want to do or work at places you want to work and don't just admire them from afar, but like, think of them as a crush. What would you do if they were a crush on the playground? You'd probably try to play tag with them. So maybe get out there and play tag, like, but on LinkedIn. So that's my... That's my little um, sum up. I love if you want more of that, you have to come to us. Um, okay, <laughs> so that's that's our last question. This has been such a joy. I absolutely loved talking to you today. I want to give you an opportunity to tell folks how to find you, what's the best way to reach you. Um, are you still teaching digitally right now? Um, just give us a little promo, if you will, of com or whatever it is.
2: Sure. So that is my, um, my email, my website. If you okay. want to find out more about coaching, about yoga, you can go to simonetopel.com. I am working with clients one-to-one online, both for yoga and for coaching. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at simonetopel, where I post this, this valuable free content. And as well, if anyone's interested in building unshakable self belief, you can download a free guide that I've created from my website. Um, so if you go to SimoneTepel dot com, you get a pop up or there's a button in the top right that says "Build Unshakable Self Belief." So if that's of interest, you can well, get be that nice. there. I could link to that too when we post the
0: episode. That'll be nice. Awesome.
2: Okay. But how
1: so.
0: po- how powerful that you created the guide for free? Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that there's. A lot to be said for the work that you're doing. And I, I can already think of some folks I've spoken to even having consultations with that Marissa mentioned earlier. It's like, you know, when when you come to us to do your resume or to find a job, you have to be ready to do that work. And some of the work that Simone is doing comes first. And whether it's working with somebody like her or downloading her guide and just feeling a little bit more self-empowered to get out there and do The career search and the job search, because that is, or anything, any change you're looking to go make.
0: Career is extra. It's extra. It's so much of who we are, but it's not who we are, right? So in order to to get yourself out there, interview, be ready, be valuable, be an asset to somebody else, be compensated from somebody else, your self-belief has to be intact. Mm -hmm. And, or at least, you know, 78%. Mm -hmm. Yes. Enough. Yeah. Like you need to be ready. in a C plus B minus range at least Agreed. in order to take that on. And if you're not, yeah. you know, I think we live in a time now. I mean, I I'm not naive, but I think we live in a time now where if you take a break in between time to build yourself back up, it's completely OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's coming from a generation that was not the new generation. Yeah. I, I'm saying, if you take a pause, who cares? Also, by yeah. the way,
1: sidebar, which Marissa and I have posted about this before on our socials, but LinkedIn now, even speaking of LinkedIn has a, a feature where you can include a career break on your page, um, which was not a thing. You know right? So you, know. you could put, you know, your current job title,
0: normalize like, career breaks,
1: normalize career breaks, normalize self-care. Um, you know, it is okay to take a, a beat and, look within and figure out what you want to do next. And somebody like Simone, somebody like us, we can help you get there. So what a joy having you here, here today with us. Simone. Thank you so much. Happy it's been you. so fun. This is so Such fun. A great conversation. I know. And I am so proud of you and what you're doing and so excited to to shed light on what you're doing and, and
2: send people mm-hmm. your way. You don't
0: have your, you don't have your own podcast.
2: Not yet. I I definitely will at some point. As you should, and we'd be happy to you're
0: you're wasting that voice if you're not on a podcast. Yes. (laughs) Um
2: well thank you for being
0: here today.
1: Yeah, you should. Um thank you to a shared universe and Ming and his team for doing our sound. Thank you to Sport Couture for being our dream partner today. Actually, check out Sport Couture. Her stuff is amazing. Actually, Simone, directly to this to you. She's a girlfriend of ours that made a, a pivot into athleisure and mm-hmm. yoga wear and such. And she does some really beautiful stuff. Talk and, about, and talk about
0: self-confidence, self-confidence when you're on the map. Right?
1: Yeah. Oh, my
0: gosh. <laughs> yeah. Stuff,
1: her stuff is gorgeous. Um, so thank you for being here. And thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time. Want more from The Dreamcatchers? Check us out, www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched The Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light.